1: is Rich Trepanier. Thanks for being on the show, Rich.
0: Thanks for having me, Whitney. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, you're a perfect guest and I'm looking forward to this conversation. And a little about Rich, he's a founder of Gage Multifamily Services based in Austin, Texas. With over 30 years of multifamily renovation experience, they have successfully sold and produced over 2,000 multifamily renovation projects throughout the U.S. Rich, Thank you again for your time. Give the listeners a little more about who you are, and let's dive into this You know this topic of renovation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you kind of summarized it pretty good there. My brother and I gauge multifamily services based in Austin, Texas. We have offices in Austin and San Antonio. The name says it all. We focus just on multifamily renovation 100%. Been doing it for about 15 years now and 7 years as gauge multifamily services where we decided to start our own business. We only do value-add. We don't do new construction. So a lot of your listener, listeners should get a lot of value out of this topic today.
1: Okay. So I guess first, why only value-add?
0: Yeah, you know, my brother and I, we before we got to Austin, Texas, we lived in St. Louis for a little bit, and we did a lot of house renovation, but also dabbled in investments of twos and four families in St. Louis. Got a lot out of that experience. We uh, grew up with some construction experience and jumped in, did a lot of work ourselves. We saw a lot of value. Owning those twos and fours, we got to really see the appreciation from some of the residents that moved into those units after we were done. A lot of historic renovation of historic homes in St. Louis. And unfortunately, when 2008, 2009 came, we had to hurry up and get some jobs. So we saw the downgrade in the single-family home, but we saw the strength of the multifamily home. And shortly thereafter, I moved to Texas. And as, as you know, multifamily is a large strength in Texas as well.
1: Wow, so you've seen that multifamily was so much stronger, or that business model, I guess yeah. we could say. Yeah, That's yeah. So you know,
0: it worked out really well.
1: Could you just elaborate, or you know, just in short, like what value add is? Of course, we, we use that term all the time. I think most listeners have a good handle. However, it's used by so many people. I just love to hear your you know definition.
0: Absolutely, and so we're in a perfect area between Austin and San Antonio where you see a lot of different multifamilies transact between owners and sellers. And traditionally, as many of your listeners know, when an acquisition occurs, those new groups of investors want to provide value. They want to add to the community. They want to do upgrades. So they're adding value either through interior renovations, curb appeal, exterior renovations, let's just call it an exterior paint and carpentry, some landscaping. We do an awful lot of leasing office renovation, clubhouse renovation, fitness renovation. And so adding value to the residents so they can, A, increase rents, but also provide a home to the to the residents.
1: So, you know, there's so many there's so many pitfalls when trying to do value add multifamily, right? And and I thought, you know, with your level of experience, I'd love for you to highlight some of those and let's let's dig in a little bit.
0: Yeah, so we often deal with investors, you know, our our goal as a business is to get to the decision makers who are acquiring these communities and get to them early enough where we can help them plan their capex budgeting. And so some of the pitfalls that we see is is oftentimes one of my big things that I am always cringe a little bit is that you hear people budget their CapEx by doors. And I'm a big proponent on those interior renovations, doing it based on square footage. And the reason is very simple. If you have $5,000 a door, that number works really well for a one-bedroom, one-bath, 700-square-foot unit. But that doesn't translate very well to a three-bedroom, two-bath, 1,200-square-foot unit. And if you have $5,000, it just doesn't go very well. $5,000 might get you flooring and paint, but it won't get you that granite countertops, those new fixtures, those new faucets. So what I like to do, and when I meet with our investors that we work with, I like to tell them to, let's look at it from a square footage standpoint, that your money can go the farthest and that you can accomplish your business plan, which is Let's renovate 72 units. Let's renovate 150 units. You're taking it throughout the entire business plan. Another one I see quite a bit of is is no one provides contingency against that $5,000 per door budget. And so add a little bit of contingency on there, a little bit of whoops factor, a little bit of, you know, something will happen on my own business, the construction side of Gage Multifamily Services. We always add in between three to 5% contingency on our bid to our customers. And that helps us kind of alleviate any issues that we might see that we might not see during the the budgeting process. And the other important one for everyone to remember, another really good pitfall is who manages the renovation process, the renovation project. Is it going to be your asset manager? Is it going to be the person with your boots on your ground in the city that you're not located in? Is it going to be your property manager? Property managers traditionally charge in between five and 7% roughly to manage your renovation project from start to finish. And that 5 to 7% is calculated based on the gross expenses for the renovation project.
1: Wow. Some great topics there or these pitfalls. And, you know, it's interesting talking about budgeting or CapEx by, by door. That's the way I see it all the time as well. Yeah. But you know, it's interesting how you say we should break that down by square footage. And could you just give us a couple tips in breaking that down like that or maybe how you go through that process?
0: Sure. For instance, you know, a lot of times we see CapEx, interior renovation budget, everyone wants to replace the flooring. So a good rule of thumb for me when we budget for flooring is usually $2 per square foot to take up and put down brand new flooring. We often see on a C-level renovation project, we also see resurfacing of countertops, kitchens and baths a good good dollar value there is is $150 to resurface your kitchen countertops and then usually between $50 and $60 for your vanity countertops as well. We usually a good budget value for interior paint per square footage is right around a dollar traditionally is where we usually place it per square footage for the unit space. And so we can go even further. We can talk about light fixtures and plumbing fixtures. It just depends on what class level the renovation project is and then how far you want to go. I usually, uh, for first time investors who usually contact me, I usually tell them lipstick on a pig, interior renovation for apartment community usually runs about $5.50 a square foot. And that would traditionally get you new flooring, interior paint, resurfacing of countertops, maybe a fixture or two, but it's really a Really what it describes lipstick on a pig, you're getting in there, you're renovating a unit quickly and trying to get residents back into the unit very fast.
1: That's a great rule of thumb there, I guess just to, when we're analyzing deals to understand
0: you know we usually we see anywhere between five fifty a square foot on a renovation, and then it goes anywhere you can you can find them as high as as twenty dollars a square foot renovation as well
1: okay, and so you know you talked about the contingencies and people not having any kind of buffer. Yeah. I mean, that just, exactly what it, it is. just seems to make sense. Right. I mean, we have an emergency fund, all those things, you know, that reserve account for just in case thing something happens. that's unexpected. I mean, why wouldn't we do that when we're looking at our, our renovation budget? So let's elaborate a little bit on that. And, you know, you said you all will add like three to five percent. Is there a different amount that you encourage investors to have?
0: You know, It just depends on the level of renovation. 3 to 5% is usually a good contingency plan. Like I said, we've or the bio said we've done over 2,000 value-add projects over the seven years that we've been in business. And so that number has worked very well with us. That's what we advise our investors to do as well. What's important is if you don't have that contingency plan, it's going to affect your overall business plan. When you're underwriting these multifamily deals, you underwrite for the full 120 units on property. You don't say, well, I'm going to underwrite for 75 of these. You underwrite for the full 120. But when issues occur, what usually happens is you start pulling away from the business plans. You might, let's just say you might not renovate the remaining one bedroom units on property because you have to put more money into those two be- two bedroom, two bath units because they're getting their most upside on the mm-hmm. renovation. So contingency just helps alleviate that stress Again, if a water heater, if your boiler goes out, if you've got a number of HVAC units that need to be replaced, that contingency helps with that.
1: Nice. What are some of the top successful investors you see doing as far as who's managing this renovation process like you're talking about? Who do they have managing?
0: Well, usually they work with their property managers. Usually there's a director of construction historically involved with the fee management company. Oftentimes you also see asset managers if, and of course I'm a general contractor, but if you have a good relationship with a general contractor and a good asset manager on your team, they can work directly together. And so that might be a way where you can effectively remove that construction management fee out of the picture and save that additional funding. Myself, our most successful projects are with the investor themselves. Somebody that can pick up the phone, I can pick up the phone and have a very candid conversation, a very positive or a very difficult conversation. There isn't multiple level managers that that will you need to work with like, on most fee management approaches. So really work, interview your property manager when it comes to time to talk about your value add plan. Also talk to your general contractor. There might be a recommendation they might have. There might be an outside consulting firm they could use as well. And so Hmm. use your tools, use your team to come up with the best plan on the renovation.
1: What are some of the top trends you're seeing in the multifamily renovation space? Yeah, we see a lot
0: of energy efficiency going into 2020. I've had a number of people reach out to me and talk to me about how can I save on water conservation. LED is, has has been a big one over the last few years and so it continues that trend. We have several favorite products that if your listeners want to reach out to me, I can provide them the information. But, you know, Nest thermostats are a very large one that we continue to see in the B to A renovation properties. In those C-level communities, what we've been seeing a lot, there's not a lot of cabinet replacement going on in multifamily renovation. What we see is we see a lot of door replacements. So Mm -hmm. we will remove existing doors, remove existing hardware, we'll paint the cabinets and boxes, and then we put on a brand new shaker-style door, paint that to match the cabinets, and it really does spruce up the interior of that unit. If you use that concept along with a nice quartz countertop that can readily—that's always readily available—it can really spruce up the unit interiors.
1: Have you seen that to be very beneficial? I mean, the ones that are using like are you know, uh, going the more energy-efficient route, the LEDs, the Nest thermostats.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Again, it it depends on how much is in the budget, what they can accomplish. But yes, absolutely. You see that all over in Austin and San Antonio.
1: Are there other steps that we can take to avoid, uh, say, hiring the wrong contractor?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so what we do on our side like I said we get involved very early. So when you are putting together your capex budget engage local contractors, one of the things I always recommend people when they go into a new market is reach out to your local apartment association. Every local apartment association has a vendor membership portal that you can reach, you can identify those those vendors if they're flooring vendors, if they're landscape vendors, if they're general contractors. Reach out to them. Put together a list of three to five, even while you're doing your due diligence, and interview those contractors. Get some original budgets put in place. If you don't know your plan, it's it's not too early to put together some written down budgets, penciled out budgets fairly quickly. Any general contractor who's played in this multifamily renovation space and has worked with interior renovations can walk an interior renovation and, and give you a good budget a good plan within 24 to 48 hours it's not that difficult. So interview those those vendors that you potentially want to work with. Some pitfalls that I would recommend would also be is review their estimates, make sure they're very line item, make sure they're detailed out, make sure you know exactly what you're getting. When we go into a under contract with a customer, our scopes of work are always be detailed with descriptions and also quantities we put in place. But also those scopes of works are attached to the contract. So there's no, there's no secrets. There's no, uh, are you doing this? Or if you're not doing that, we get it. We understand it. And both sides are always on the same table. They should be able to figure this out fairly quickly with the contract in place. The other thing is, is that we issue out weekly updates. We give every customer a who, what, where, when, and why of the previous week. We identify what we completed the previous week. And we also identify what's scheduled for the next for the upcoming week. So the communication level with my company is very detailed. We reach out and we provide before Monday morning at 9am, you should receive a weekly update. And that's, that's not difficult for any general contractor in this place space to put together as well.
1: Nice. We like that communication, right? You know, you mentioned, I know in the bio you said, you know, throughout the U.S. Are you all working throughout the U.S. now or are you all focused in Texas?
0: Very lucky. We are. Our office is located on probably the busiest street in Texas, I-35. We're located uh, just outside of downtown Austin, we also have an office in San Antonio as well. So between those two locations, there's not much traveling that we need to do. We have completed projects as far as Los Angeles before. And so last year we did an interior renovation project in Los Angeles. I've also done roof replacements in just outside of Minneapolis, Minnesota. When you ask, and this is just a recommendation, but when you ask a general contractor to travel. Just make sure they have the ability to perform the work. When you ask a a contractor to travel, let's say from Texas to Minnesota, there's also some additional costs associated with that general contractor to travel. Are they going to put full-time supervision in place? So some additional questions to ask ourselves, uh, since we're located in a a great value-add location ourselves. Traditionally, we will offer our services to help budget. We can offer ourselves some construction management, project management, We don't do many out-of-state projects currently because of the amount of projects that we can have here in Austin and San Antonio.
1: What are some ways you've seen people increase their property value without breaking the bank?
0: Well, you know, kind of the things that we talked about, right? So some of the big hitters—it's—it's very similar to what you hear about in new homes. Where do you put your money, right? You put them in your kitchens and baths. So those are some really quick hits that I I mentioned previously. Flooring is another good one. We do a lot of exterior paint here in Austin and San Antonio as well. So another good recommendation is is maybe not a full exterior paint. You can accomplish a lot with a partial interior paint or exterior paint, I should say. So you know, you might want to do some accent colors on the exterior if the paint is in reasonable shape that's one good way to uh, limit One of the big things in, in Texas is, is uh, carpentry replacement. We see a lot of what we call pick and pluck so reverse versus replacing a lot of carpentry you just go pick and pluck the worst to accomplish what your goal is put a new coat of paint on it and, and it works out fairly well. Hmm.
1: okay so you know let's say we just bought a property you know help us to get started in that renovation process.
0: Absolutely. So it's not unreasonable to buy a property and start into your renovations immediately. If you have your plan put in place, you have your general contractor selected before, before closing on the property. You can effectively sign a contract at the same day that you're closing on the property. Identify materials that are readily available local. There's a number of sources, I'm sure, in every multifamily area where there's a big, heavily concentrated multifamily area start off really quick, identify those units that need to be renovated, get into those units, renovate those units per the plan, per the business plan. Some of the most important things is is to put the brand on the community first. So while you're doing several interior renovations, you might want to consider signage replacement, update that signage outside the community as well as on the buildings. Also, you know, if you've got a exterior paint planned, that's a good place to start immediately as well. Get those buildings that are close to the street, mm. upgrade that curb appeal, start at the front of the property and then start working your way back. So exterior like, so your pain could take anywhere from three to four months, let's say, but getting those first few buildings done early is a good way to upgrade, show the local community that you're investing in, in the property, show new residents that are or potential residents that are coming to tour the community. Show them that you're investing in the community. Show them what some of the interior finishes are planning to be as well. So,
1: when should we plan to rebrand a property? It's not, you know, it's not cheap. When should we say, okay, it's a must that we rebrand? I know, you know, if you have bad reviews and things like that, maybe, but, well, you know, as far as what you see, when should we say, okay, we definitely need to do it here?
0: You know, it's funny I, you mentioned that because I recently had a conversation about that with a investor, local investor where we did interior and exterior renovation with them. They started full interiors. First six months of the renovation project was full interiors. Then we got to the exterior renovation where we did the pick and pluck uh, carpentry and then the exterior paint upgraded the exterior of the leasing office. Then we went on the interior of the leasing office. A few weeks ago, I had a conversation with them and they said they would have done the exact opposite. They would have gone on the exterior of the community, first changed that curb appeal at the front, started working on the exterior paint. The things where my recommendation is, is where the... Potential residents, what they see first is kind of what you want to concentrate on, right? So you want to invest on that that entryway, that curb appeal, that walk up to the leasing office where they're going to come in and talk to the leasing agents, look at the floor plans, and then go look at the layouts, look at the model layouts. Whatever that first pathway for that potential resident, that's what I would recommend renovating first. Once you do the curb appeal, you, you talk about the exterior paint a little bit, but you're also renovating the model units, right? What are the finishes planning to look like? Do you have a board in your leasing office that shows what is coming for the community? And when they go to that model unit, can they see what is coming physically? Those cabinets, those new cabinet doors, the new flooring, the new paint scheme, those upgraded fixtures, right? You wanna you wanna accomplish that fairly early.
1: And the the rebranding do you do you suggest rebranding every time you take over a property?
0: Yeah, and so same thing. That customer rebranded the community in Austin was called uh, Creekside Trace. They rebranded at the end to known as the Ivy, right? And so their name their name was changed following the change out of the community following that exterior renovation. Mm-hmm. And to consider, I see many investors do it early on, which is probably what I recommend: is mm-hmm. uh, that new signage up. Let the community know that you're investing in the community, Uh, a new name, new brand, new effort.
1: So, Rich, you know, just unfortunately, we're about out of time, but just a few more questions. What's the hardest part of that renovation process you see for most investors or for yourself?
0: You know, for investors, it's going through the process, I would say. I'd be lying to tell you that a CapEx, interior, exterior renovation for investors is an easy process, right? There are pitfalls, right? There are ups and downs. There are things that even a general contractor can't see. Stay with it. Stay the course. Communicate with your contractors. Make sure that you are aware weekly of what's going on at the community. Plan accordingly. Make sure that you are working together as a team. I think it's the most important thing. We oftentimes have a hiccup. Everybody, every general contractor has a hiccup. It's it's how you work to resolve the issue together as a team. That's the most important.
1: So you said you know oftentimes there's a hiccup, and I wonder the ones that are successful most of the time through those hiccups. What what helped them to be successful?
0: Communication. It's always going to be communication, okay. right? It's always going to be planning accordingly, right? If for instance your budget isn't going as far as you want to go, reach out to the general contractor. We can pivot. We can move fairly quickly. We can provide cost savings opportunities, right? If you expect out a more expensive flooring, we can make a recommendation on something that can make your dollars go further, right? is, is, is a good attribute, a good recommendation.
1: So it goes back to communication and planning, right?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, so, always.
1: So how do you prepare for this potential downturn that everyone's talking about?
0: Well, hopefully I'm in a good, stabilized market, and so here in Austin and San Antonio, so we've been through it previously, where you see the renovation projects, the, the level of renovations go down uh, on the general contractor side. Interior renovations might be we talk about square foot size, it might, it might not be 10 dollars a square foot. it might push back down to 550 a square foot. And so it's planning accordingly. on the general contractor side, it's right-sizing my team, my organization to ensure that we have the ability and are very nimble to act when the market does, if it does turn down, when it will turn down. And so for investors, underwrite conservatively, right? Make sure that your renovation plans fit the market, fit the market plan. Look back upon what occurred to that market in 2008, 2009, 2010. That a, a should, should help and assist you and see what, what will happen in that market when there is a downturn. Make sure that you're, when I said underwriting conservatively, make sure your, your expenses are right where they are year to year and make sure that your income increase is conservatively underwritten as well.
1: What's a way you've recently improved your business that we could apply to ours?
0: You know, I think, you know, that you talk about it, I often read a lot of business books. And so one of the ones that and, and a number of them mentioned this as well is putting the right people on the right bus is hiring the leadership in your team that can help you make decisions, right? I'm not the smartest person within my organization, right? I'm just the main leader within the organization. Who do I put around me to assist us? Who do we put in those positions that are going to help run the renovation projects most effectively? That's what's most important. And that's, recommendation for every organization across the country
1: what's the number one thing that's contributed to your success
0: teamwork relying on people that i can can, i can work with my brother is part owner of the business as well so we're 50 50 we're also twins we we rely heavily on on each other we also rely heavily on our team as well
1: and rich how do you like to give back
0: So my wife and I are very active in a local association. The association here in Austin is called Austin Smiles. My wife is a practicing surgeon in town and she makes multiple trips a year to Guatemala or El Salvador and where she provides cleft palate surgery to needy families. And so we are very active with that organization. And it's an organization that we support year in and year out and uh, give time and money to.
1: Rich, thank you very much for sharing that and how you and your wife give back. Uh, That's incredible. And then also just your time giving back today to the listeners and myself, just walking us through some of this, you know, the renovation project and and the pitfalls that a lot of people have and how others have been successful through the process as well. But tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. If you want to reach out to me, you can reach out to me via email at rich at com. It's G-A-G-E-M-U-L-T-I-F-A-M-I-L-Y Dot com. I'm also pretty active on social media. You can reach out instant message me if you'd like and and am um, more than happy to discuss pitfalls, budgeting, any way that we can help somebody get a jump start on their CapEx, their value add project. More than happy to touch base with folks.
1: Awesome, Rich. That's a wrap. Thank you very much. Thank you. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode.